Welcome, Welcome to, to Bibles and Bonnets. Hey, I'm your host, Praise. And I'm your co-host, Cheyenne. Get comfy, grab a Bible, and most of all, don't forget your bonnet for this evening's episode. All right, Praise and Cousin. You gotta give the intro. You can't just start with, all right, Praise and Cousin. The intro's already there. You have to... You still have to say something. I did. I said, praise. Hi. Welcome to Bibles and Bonnets. Season two, episode. Since seven. you want to get in logistics and analytics. Okay. That is going so crazy. The book of Luke. They know what book we're in. We're in Chapter season two. This is like seven. seven episodes in. Maybe we should have some formality. What that? are you talking about? What? Why that? make an intro? Nobody wants to click on a podcast. The first thing they hear is, I ain't praying <laughs> First of all, that's not thing. the first thing they hear. The first I thing they hear. Back in the Bible's new bond, it's high. Yeah, and then that cuts off in Prayasin. Yeah, Prayasin no. cousin. Why do they need to hear an intro twice? They don't hear an intro twice. Yes, they do. You're out of it today. You're <laughs> out of it today. Anyway. Oh, um, everybody can. Thanks! Sean has awful form music. I'm keeping this in. I'm not. Unprofessional. I'm not editing this out. They need to see the real us. Unprofessionalism. ASMR. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. Oh, if I fart? No! <laughs> it stinks. I need Did you? No, I'm saying if I do. <laughs> so, you pushed that one out. Because I thought it was going to come out like. Okay, go ahead. Press in, press in. Press in, please! I just want to let you know you chose violence today. You chose extreme violence. If anything, I should have chose rest, and I didn't get to rest today. And I was so upset because I I just work every single day. I just do something. I never just lay in the bed. Yeah. All right, everybody bow your heads. Um, Father God, we just want to thank you for this day and waking us all up. And I pray that we can all open our minds during this Bible study and really get into the message here and learn something today as well that we can take with us through this, this next upcoming week and the rest of our lives. And in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen, Sister Shane. What? What did Nothing. I do? Nothing. All right, let's recap. Let's recap. Oh. <laughs> Wait, see, can you see? this was supposed to be an interactive. That's why I said, are you okay. sure? It's just going to go to waste if I don't read any of it. All right. So basically what happened in the last chapter, Jesus and his disciples were picking grains on the Sabbath. Uh, the Pharisees, I can't read it. That's why I said for you. Yeah, that's why. Do you want to uh, read this? Or do you? I think I'm going to move the screen right there. Um, yeah, I thought it was. Um, okay. Jesus and his disciples were picking grains on the Sabbath to the Pharisees' disapproval. <laughs> when they question them, you're not gonna say surprise. No, <laughs> this is like I'm just reading. The next it. one can be interactive. I'm actually pretty. This is one of my favorite stories that we're about to read, and I was like, dang, I, have, I even had a question. So I, I had so many questions. I had so many questions. Like this was a powerhouse of questions. It's okay. Um, when they question him, I think it's just like a we should always be prepared, you know. With with, I mean, regardless if we're not talking to them, we're talking to them. I know. So it's like a... It's just the interactions. Alright. Um, when they question him, he reminds them of what David and his companions... Of when David and his companions were hungry. 
he went into a temple and ate consecrated bread with them. Otherwise known as the priest bread. Basically, yeah, priest share exactly. And that's kind of him like being like, hey, isn't this y'all's Bible that y'all read? <laughs> Anyways. Jesus is hilarious. He's hilarious. And then he also healed the man's shriveled hand on a mm. Sabbath day. Without touching. Yeah, without touching him. That was a good point. Which infuriated the Pharisees. Um, Jesus Jesus tw- chose his 12 disciples. Can I try to answer it? Oh, oh shoot. All right. Guess, uh, guess, guess. Oh, I can't go back. Can't go back. Okay, so the crazy thing is I can give you the 12 tribes of Israel, but I never know the full names of the disciples. Now, if you ask me whose Israel's sons were, I could be like, Reuben. Simon, Levi, Judah, Joseph, Benjamin, Asher, Ishtar, Naphtali, Zebulun. Anyway, I don't want to name all of them. But um, okay, so we have two Simons. We have two Simons. We have we have Simon, Judas. Sorry, Simon, Peter, and the other Simon, Simon, Peter, and Simon. We have Judas Iscariot. Iscariot. We have James and John. Mm-hmm. We have Philip. Mm-hmm. We have um, Matthew. And. I like to name the ones I know first and then guess. So then we have Matthew. And then you... Am I seven? I'm missing something. Okay, I'll say Andrew because you already said Andrew. Um, There were two two Judases, right? Yeah, so that's another. That's another one. I'm at nine. You see, I, at least I got to nine. You got, you got good. I mean, I kind of remember because I just wrote them, but I said jo- James. Did I say James? Yeah. Dang. See, that's the thing. I don't remember who you already said. <laughs> okay, let me try this again. Okay, James, John, sons of Zebedee. Okay. Then we got Simon. Then we have Andrew. Then we have Simon Peter. We have the two Judases. We have Philip. We got Matthew. Then we have. Um, Missing two. Because there's another double. Isn't there two Johns? No. No. There's three triple. There's three doubles. Oh, yeah. There is three doubles. Judas. Judas. Simon. Simon, And. and... I swear it's John. Or it's two James. That's what I was like. It's either two Johns or two James. I think it's. Uh, <laughs> show me the answers. All right, so we got Simon and Bartholomew. Oh, I forget Bartholomew. Bartholomew is the most extreme. Oh, no, I'm sorry, thing. Bartholomew. Oh I was God! Like, <laughs> I'm not talking about. Oh, okay, so God. we got Simon, Andrew, James, John, Philip. I got all of them on this list. Who Thomas, freaking hardcore Thomas. <laughs> Are you kidding? Not me forgetting hard. I always say Mr. Hardcore Thomas. How I forget I Thomas? It's okay. I forgot too. Oh wow! I forgot Thomas and Bartholomew. Who else did I forget? No, no I said that's everybody else. else. You got everybody else. We just forgot Bartholomew. So I thought there's three. There's three sets. So there's two Simons, two, two Judases, and that's it. Okay, so there's only two sets. That's crazy. Not Bartholomew. And freaking Thomas. So just to read it, we got Simon, Peter, Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, 
Simon. Ooh, New Alpha is good catch. I'm so bored. And Simon the Zealot. <laughs> Judith and Judith is covering up. <laughs> yeah, so that's that. Oh, and there's more. Look at that. Okay, so Jesus talks about. <laughs> You know what, though? You know we're going to probably have to go over chapter 6 then next week because technically they wasn't here for 6. So we would have to... So it works out. You can still use your thing. Yeah. Um, Also, Jesus talked about how blessed are the poor, blessed are those who are hated by people because of their faith. For their reward is great in heaven. Oh. And then he also talks about how we should love our enemies, yep. build a house on a good, strong foundation of faith, and how we should not be quick to judge others. And then in the last episode, we had a really deep conversation <laughs> about love and like just all of these principles. That Two hours. If you guys are still here after listening to that, <clears throat> thank you. Thank you so much. It's weird. Anyways, look at that. Yo, wait, do that again? Boom. Dang, wait, wait one more time, one more time. Three, two, one. <laughs> <laughs> if y'all want to see all of Cheyenne's freaking PowerPoints, let me know and I will send y'all literally an email of all the PowerPoints I reference to for you to understand what I see. Sometimes, sometimes they're good, not so good sometimes. All right, so... This one, she put in effort. That's whoosh, power of the wind. Okay, Pocahontas. Okay, You so was talking about what we was talking about last week. Yeah, yeah. we went into a, a deep, pretty, quite deep conversation yeah. about... Um, the show. <laughs> me, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Show. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, we had a really great conversation. Um... What what were some things that we talked about? We talked about we talked about unconditional love versus like um, conditional love because how Christians are supposed to have that unconditional love like it's not usual to love someone who doesn't love you doesn't give you the same energy and stuff like that. I even yeah. saw a post on Instagram this week. It was like, oh, I don't have enough energy. So if I love you, I expect something in return. I expect if I love you, I expect you to love me back. If I do this for you, I expect you to do this. For you. I'm like, doing Ugh. that takes up your energy. But, uh, all right, let's keep going. So, yeah, we had some juicy topics um, yesterday. Not yesterday, last week. So, what are we going to go to today? Chapter 7. Yeah. Today, we're going to go over the faith of the centurion, the um, how Jesus raises a widow's son, Jesus and John the Baptist, and Jesus anointed by a sinful woman. And that's pretty much where we're going to stop with the PowerPoint. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. The reason why I say all right like that is cat and hat. Cat and hat. Literally, I already knew. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that movie traumatized me. Yeah. That movie is not okay. <laughs> that movie is not okay. That movie. What was that episode when he they were baking and he cut his own tail? That, not that episode, that part. Yeah. First of all, when thing one, thing two come in, I'm like, is this crack? Is this like? Okay, so we're gonna start from verse. No, we didn't talk about our weeks. Oh yeah, my bad. You're uh, just skipping over your your weeks. Yeah. Just us. 
you know. It's us in there. All right, y'all. How was y'all week? Let's do the door of the explore thing. Give them 30 seconds. How was your week? <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah, anyways. um, My week was pretty good. Um, other than the fact. Somebody's eating, so it helps me. So I don't do this all the time. I was asking because I was like trying to put a few on my tablet phone. It really helps me out, considering that. So, yeah. all right. So let's continue. Let's continue. What were we talking? I'm so much a week. Oh yeah, my week was good. Nothing crazy. I lost my appetite. I'm sorry about that. Your turn. My week was, I don't know. I was working on my blog. My job kind of is, I don't know. I I was forced to talk about my problems with your parents, and then. But I feel better. When? Relax. And then after this, I think I'm deciding, at, but I consulted with God first to see if I should go to New York next week. But tickets are so expensive. But overall, I'm okay. I think give it some time for you to like, because you already just came back from spending a whole bunch of money, right? I just spent a lot of money. And then today I forgot to cancel Hand of Stone, so they took money out my account, and I forgot, and I was so sad, and I was like, that's why I kept <laughs> so telling sorry. you I wanted to go to Hand of Stone. Like, right, but you just, before. you would just tell me, and I'd be like, all right, let me know when. Money-wise, I think everything is just spiraling right now. I don't want to spend well, all that make your, let I'll take you to go get your massage. You have so many booked up. Just, I'll take you to go get a massage and a facial. Okay? So you can at least get your money's worth. I was just so upset. Because I'm spending so much money. I don't like spending so much money. But it's like, it's just money at the end of the day. It's not like if I lost money, I would be like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm abandoned. I know I'll be taken care of. I just like saving. But I'll be alright. That's really, that's the thumb the rest of my life. Just period of money. Yes, we can read. Yeah, I had so much fun. I had so much fun. That's all. You can read one to ten. Okay. When Jesus finished saying all this to the people who weren't, who were listening, he entered Catherine in. Do you want me to read, like, the dialogue part? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there... <laughs> Wait, what translation? I'm in NIV, but you can read whatever translation you have. It doesn't really matter. Well, Matt, I mean, it would be a slight change, though, if I read the dialogue, because I'm in NJ. Wait, am I? Let me see. When Jesus comes to us, when Jesus comes to us, am I in NIV? Okay, I think I'm wearing the same. Oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah. All right. When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There's a, there a centurion servant. So basically a centurion, isn't that like a, an, a, an army guy, like a leader of somebody, somebody who's a leader of a hundred army He's a men. Roman army officer. Like, right. But it's like an officer of specifically a hundred men. I don't know specifically how much men. I just know it's, he's a Roman officer. It's a hundred. Because the centurion sent him. I like that. 
So if you looked it up, why would you ask? I was just confirmed. But why would you confirm if you're the one who searched it up? So that's what a censure is. It's like you say, does is something in peanuts knowing I searched it up and you don't know? So obviously, how can I confirm with you if you don't know? But I searched it up knowing I searched it up. But I figured you would have also searched it up. I know that he's a Roman army officer. However, men he's over does not matter to me. I care right. about him being a Roman army officer. Give them the definition of the word. You did. You did such an amazing job. <laughs> okay, roll two. <laughs> Cut. Cut. Okay. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> Take two. Please. Okay. They're a centurion. Basically. A centurion is a Roman officer who is in charge of a hundred men, okay? A centurion's servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. Then the centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to ask him, sorry, sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. This man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. This is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I, myself, am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus, (laughs) when, (laughs) okay, Mm. when Jesus, stop, (laughs) okay, shh, 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 Okay, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him, and turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the man who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. So I generally love this story. And as you said, a centurion is an officer in the Roman army, and he had faith because as we know, he, Jesus was around the Jews. And the Jewish community. So you have here you have a Roman, because the Roman Empire around this time was wicked. Yeah. Okay. They, were. they was wicked and wicked. They marinated and worshiped them false gods. Now you have this Roman guard who basically is like it's like when we was talking about last week and it was like, Oh, if you heard about this man who can heal, would you have faith, enough faith to reach out to him? Mm-hmm. This is kinda mm-hmm. like the example he was mm-hmm. talking about. Mm-hmm. And so he sends some elders um some elder Jews to ask him to ask Jesus to come and heal his sick servant. Yet, this is the thing that behooves me. What behooves me is that when they came to Jesus, they was like, Oh, this man deserves to have you do this because blah, blah, blah. And deserve. Deserve. Yeah. What? So it's like, so you telling me because he loves the nation so much and built their synagogues, he moves up in a waiting list to have Jesus heal? Like attend to his needs right that, yeah, that's what you're telling me oh because i love america 
I deserve to have the U.S. Army like attend to me. Like it's like a what do you mean he deserves? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, it's like at the end of the day, whether he loves the nation or not, the centurion is like everyone else, a man with a sin nature. He has a sin nature like everybody else, and that doesn't change. And technically, we don't deserve anything. And God did what he did for us because of love, mercy, and grace. Don't get it twisted. And no one is better than anyone, not even Christians. No Christian is better than another Christian. And Jesus doesn't have to do anything. Okay, let's put that in the air. He doesn't have to do anything, right? But what he does is things that align to his father's will. Mm-hmm. All right? And at first, I thought that Jesus would turn the elders away because of their choice of words. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought Jesus at first was going to be like, excuse Like, I thought he was going to say something about that. But he went with them. And the centurion, one of the commentaries said that the centurion knew that a Jew would not want to enter the house of a foreigner, which is why when Jesus was coming to the house, he sent his friends. And the centurion, again, I like that he was humbled because based on what the elders were saying, I was like, oh, the centurion is about to be someone who mm-hmm. is self-centered, probably mm-hmm. someone who, because they out here giving him the speech about he deserves this. But he was humbled and we love to see it as well as he knew that Jesus did not even have to come and didn't even consider himself worthy worthy to have Jesus come under his roof. Mm-hmm. And we learned that the centurion understands authority. And he literally gives an example of it by talking about his position. And he believed that Jesus had authority over diseases. And even with his words, similar to telling a soldier to do something and he does it, he believed that Jesus ordering a disease to flee the disease would flee, like it would obey Jesus because Jesus had authority over it. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is just like, wow, he's marveled at the faith of this Roman soldier who was not a Jew, and yet he had faith in Jesus. He believed. Mm-hmm. And the sick servant was healed. That's why I like it, because at first I was like, when I first read this, like, growing up, I was like, he's chatting about authority. What is, what is, I was like, what does this mean? And I thought, because this said Jesus marveled at it. I was like, what? I didn't get it, but now mm-hmm. I kind of, I get it now. I was like, oh, okay. He's basically saying, Jesus, you you that God. You, you that son of God. You <laughs> have that authority. Because he's flee. Hmm. Was you going to say something, though? No. Because oh, I saw you go like, ah. No. Okay, I think you're right. Gotta continue. <laughs> <laughs> talking about my afro. We are going to do verse 11 to 17. All right. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain. And his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of, a, of, a, of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, Don't cry. Then he went up and touched the beer. Beer? 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 We should make a compilation. We should make a compilation about biblical words. Yeah, that's exactly what we're going to post on the page. (laughs) Then he went up and touched the beard. That's going to be the end of the year. That should be. (laughs) Just like butchering the Butchering every single day. Ah. Then he went up and touched the beard they were carrying him on. And the 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 bearers bearers stood still. He said, Young man, I say to you, Get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. 
This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. This is literally another prime example of Jesus showing his authority over death. And a commentary that I also used said how a funeral procession had gone through the town and they were basically on its way to the place outside where the inhabitants usually bury the dead people. Mm -hmm. So like the dead person was the only son of a widow. So it was, they were inferring that probably because the son is dead now, the mom had no like income to live from. Cause you know, the son probably worked and mm -hmm. stuff. And she would have to literally depend on the kindness of people like GoFundMe. Mm -hmm. It was like a ancient back in the day GoFundMe. And then mm -hmm. a large crowd, as we see, came from the town, came with the widow. So it can be like inferred that the family was popular compared mm -hmm. to her just going by herself. So my thing is, like, let's 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 put our imagination movie caps on. Let's so imagine your son physically, literally dying. He's dead. Pronounced dead. 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 Right. Okay. <coughs> Let's say as your son is literally dead, he's deceased. Okay. And as let's say it's your son and I'm there with you, we mourning, my my cousin's gone, uh, and then a man comes up to you. This is probably it's probably wasn't it's not like it was like Jesus, son of God. A man comes up to you and he says to you and he and he tells you not to cry. This man is telling you not to cry. He's looking at you and I'm there with you and stuff. Jalen's there, everyone's there, and he literally commands your son who again is dead. Get up. And then you start, and then your son literally, who was pronounced dead, gets up walking and talking. I'd pass out. I'd literally probably pee on myself. That would be, that would be really weird. Because usually by the time the funeral is there, it's like 100% they are gone. That's why the funeral is there in the first place. And we're about to exactly. bury you, and then you're going to be like, hi, mommy. What? Yeah, that's, that's weird. That's like, that's not, that's not a normal thing. Which is why I emphasize it because this probably literally scared a lot of people in the crowd. It's not like everyone was like, oh, how sweet they're like, oh, snap! He's alive! <laughs> oh, snap! And it's like, I mean, at least I think they would. Yeah. And this is exactly why the news continued to spread about him because of the miracles he performed, especially around large groups. Jesus always had witnesses. It's not like he was like, bring your son to this house at mm -hmm. this time. Even if he did that, he would have a witness, the mother. But still. Um, so Nain is six miles south and east of Nazareth. And it's about a day's walk for Jesus from Capernaum. And Nain is a small town. And this is literally the only mention of Nain in the Bible. Really? Yeah. So then they classify Jesus as a great prophet, not knowing that he is the Christ, son of God. No. Yeah, I caught that. I was like, yeah, I was over like, here thinking like, oh, wow, a prophet. Look at this prophet. Cool. Like, no. How cool is he? A prophet from Nazareth. What good comes from Nazareth? <laughs> no. <laughs> and so now we're going to continue from 18 to 27. <clears throat> Oh wow! How'd you do that? How did you do this? <laughs> I don't know. Y'all, this girl made a real. What the freak, man? This looks so realistic. 
I'm about to put this on my Pinterest. <laughs> I didn't see it yet. Okay. This girl made a rose out of eraser clay. <laughs> you have too much time during this Bible study, I see. It, I fiddle, okay? I fiddle. It helps me focus. What is this? <laughs> I can't stop looking at it. And it's so molded. <laughs> what am I reading? <laughs> I was, it's easy to make. That was not. So easy. Right. Okay, read from 18 to 27. Alright. <clears throat> John's disciples told him about all of these things. Calling two of them, he sent them to the Lord to ask, Are you the one who is to come? Or should we expect someone else? When the men came to Jesus, they asked, John the Baptist sent us to ask you, Are you the one who is to come? Or should we expect someone else? At that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits, and gave sight to many who were blind. So he replied to the messengers, Go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed! is anyone who does not stumble on me on account of me. After John's messengers left, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No. Those who wear expensive clothes and indulge in luxury are in palaces. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, I will send my messengers ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. So yeah, um, so we have Johnny the Baptist, John, John, we love John. Mm-hmm. I wanted to focus on John's disciples because when John hears through his disciples what Jesus has been doing, he sends them to Jesus. In other words, cousin, are you the Christ? Because, you know, they're related. They're cousin. Right. Cousin, they're related. are you the Christ cousin? <laughs> I was like, I was like, and I like the literal next verse when after the question, like, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? Because the literal next verse is, at that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits. <laughs> As in to say, what do you think? Like, <laughs> like what, what, do you, what do you think? And... It's weird to me that a question like this arose from John because as we know, he baptized Jesus and he knew Jesus would would baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. And he already told some of his disciples that Jesus was the Lamb of God. And literally in the book of John, we went over this, he told them that Jesus would take away the sin of the world, literally first chapter. So yet he needed more proof. But we also have to remember that after he baptized Jesus, he was put in prison by Herod. So, so that's what I was like, I'm guessing yeah. John is out of prison. John has literally left the chat because he's in prison. He's behind bars. So it's not like... Oh, so is he still in prison? He's still in prison. During this chapter. That's what makes some sense. He's still in prison. Like after I'm he thinking he's his... out. No, he no. never gets out from prison. He dies. He goes into prison and then he's beheaded. He doesn't get out again. When John's in prison, that's literally the, near the end of his life. Oh, that's sad. So, yeah, so what was I about to say? 
Yeah, John was put in prison, so it's not like he was able to see anything happening in the outside world. So one way to look at it is that maybe okay. being in prison for so long probably led to this small doubt. Either that or the prison food making him crazy. So now that now that you say that, that makes sense. Because I'm thinking John just out about like, oh, is he the Messiah? No, he's like in prison. He's literally so in prison. He can't I'm see all alone. There's no one here beside me except I. My problems have all grown. There's no. <laughs> that makes more sense because mind you, the first time I'm reading this, I'm like, oh, I guess he out. But I'm like, that's ain't no way John gonna stare at Jesus doing all this stuff and be like, hey, is you the Christ cousin? <laughs> like, I'm kind of foolish. Right. Even I would be like, now John, <laughs> now John, John, John. Yeah. Okay. No, that makes sense. Um. Okay. Okay, so regardless, Jesus' answer is simple. But another way to look at this is that perhaps John was asking his disciples to show Jesus to act. No, John was probably having his disciples ask Jesus to show his disciples that Jesus was indeed the Christ. Because as we know, they literally remained loyal to John. But John was not, John was not in it to get disciples for himself. He literally just wanted to lead everyone to Christ. That's, that was his main goal. It's not about him. It's about Christ. And Jesus' answer again is simple to basically go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. And in other words, all this proved that Jesus is the Christ and mm-hmm. God will bless those who accept his son. So then after this, Jesus talks to the crowd about John the Baptist, who God specifically used to prepare the way for Jesus. He was more than just a prophet. John really prepared the way for Jesus. He told them, to get ready for Christ to come. And <clears throat> he pointed to Jesus as the one who would take away the sin of the world. John literally preached in the desert and he baptized people in the Jordan River. Okay, he didn't play about Christ. He was like, when he called the Pharisees, you broad brood of vipers yeah. who warned you. <laughs> he said, who warned you? But yeah, yeah John ain't play. He ain't come here to play today. Anyway, 28 to 35. All right. Oh, wait, wait. That's me. I tell you, among those born of woman, there is no one greater than John. Yet, the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Mm-hmm. All the people, even the tax collectors, when they heard Jesus' words, acknowledged that God's way was right because they had been baptized by John. But the Pharisees and the experts in the law rejected God's purpose for themselves because they had not been baptized by John. Jesus went on to say, To what then can I compare the people of this generation? What are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling out to each other. We played the pipe for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge. A dirge. <laughs> a dirge. <laughs> and you did not cry. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you say, He has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking, and you say, here is a glutton, a and glutton. A, a glutton, and a drunkard. <laughs> glutton? You said that, glutton. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of glutton. Yeah. A glutton, and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by all her children. So this shows us that John is literally the greatest prophet ever born, and the least person in God's kingdom is greater because of Jesus' work. So basically, those who are all baptized by John, all of them heard Jesus' word and acknowledged that God was the right way. Otherwise, why else are you getting baptized? Mm-hmm. And they accepted Jesus. 
So the Pharisees are over here rejecting God's purpose for them. They didn't even get baptized. They did not repent and they would not believe Jesus. And as we know, they're his biggest fans because all they wanted to do was follow him around and catch him in the act. Creepy. Like, I don't know. What, like, what do you gain, Carl? They were his what do you gain, fans. Carl? They were literally the guy from the bodyguard who would cut up letters for what you I'm gonna arrest you. <laughs> That's the I'm gonna get you arrested, Jesus. <laughs> like, back up your strange Carl the Pharisee, by the way, y'all. If y'all hear me just say Carl when we read, it's um, it's like when you give a Pharisee a name. His name is Carl the Pharisee. <laughs> um <laughs> like really Carl. <laughs> and Jesus in this high key tells people about themselves in a subtle way. So the generation of Israel is literally compared to children playing a game in a marketplace. What does this mean? This means that the overall message is that people don't understand John the Baptist nor Jesus. And in this type of game, the children are like shouting at each other and they're acting to the music. So at a wedding, you should obviously dance to the happy song. Compared to a funeral, they should cry to the sad song. Uh. Yet, there were other children who didn't play the game. To bring it back to reality... People, including a, like a whole bunch of Pharisees and leaders, did not accept John or Jesus for opposite reasons. For John, they was like, for John, he was like the sad song, too serious for them because he didn't eat the normal food, he didn't partake in the wine. So they was like, he has a demon. That, that's literally their conclusion. Maybe he has a demon in him. And they thought that he was mad, and they didn't accept what he taught. Jesus, on the other hand, he come in the normal way. He ate the normal food. He drank wine, and he was like the happy song. But they was like, "Oh, you ate too much. You drank too much. You got the wrong type of friends. We're not gonna accept you either." So what are you gonna accept, Carl? <laughs> what are you gonna accept? What do you want him to do? What like, what, what what do you want him to do? Mm-hmm. If you told someone to stretch out your hand, that hand will stay shriveled. <laughs> <laughs> anyway um so because of these abnormal foolish reasons Mm -hmm. that were stupid nor were they true um john was not mad nor did he have a demon inside of him if anything spirit of god was working in him Mm -hmm. and jesus did not eat or drink too much the reality is that both jesus and john literally declared the same message from god Mm -hmm. and it was the message from God the people that the people really didn't like. So that was the reasons why they continued to make excuses. Mm-hmm. Like it's like Jesus could literally just do all the quote unquote normal things and they'll still be like, Oh, look at him. He's too normal for Christ. He can't be Christ he's so mm-hmm. normal. Carl <laughs> Anyway. Thirty six to forty two. Alright. <clears throat> when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him. He went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. Like, I'm just imagining Jesus. Yeah, yo, I imagine too. I imagine Jesus coming in and just going. <laughs> like, I literally imagine this man going. Like, <laughs> when I read it today, I was like, did he recline? Like, I'm just imagining him, like, just like, his feet up there. Was he, like, <laughs> that's how I imagined it. I don't know why. Um. The woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster a jar of perfume. As she stood behind, <laughs> oh, okay. as she stood behind him, as she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with 
her tears. Thank you. I really, this is going to be hard for me to get through. Okay. Sorry. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissing them and pouring, pouring perfume on them. <laughs> what am I stopping? At 42. Okay. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. And Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Is this Simon the disciple? No. This is the Pharisee. You know, <laughs> this is the Pharisee. At first, I thought Simon was with him. And Jesus was doing this in front of the Pharisee, talking to him like, Hey, Simon, let me tell you something. And then he's uh, like, tell me, teacher. But I think this is the Pharisee. Pharisee. He's talking to the Pharisee. Okay. So, yeah. Simon the Pharisee. Okay. Um, oh, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher. He said. Wait, I want to redo that. Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher. He said. Two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 Den- denari-, denari and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon. Oh, that's where you For sure, relax. Um, <laughs> the Pharisee that invited Jesus to dinner is Simon. So this occurred in the house of a leper where no Pharisee apparently would have ever gone. Maybe a social leper that people kept away from. Not like he had physical leprosy and he was sick. It was like a social leper, like someone people would like stay away from. What makes you think say that? Because it's like no Pharisee would have ever gone. It's not like he's sick. It's not like Jesus physically sitting in someone in front of someone who's sick, or that would have been said. Mm-hmm. So it's like yeah, it's like background information on that. No, you're talking about the Pharisee who. Um, who invited Jesus over? Yeah, he was. What? What was it? He like was a like, social leper. Okay. Like instead of you, you know, when you have leprosy, everyone has to keep away from yeah. you. Yeah. So, so like he was like an introvert type of guy. Mm, I don't get specifics. I don't know. Okay. I don't know if it was an introvert, but it was like a place where Pharisees would not have gone. Which is why I was like, hmm. Okay. So you know, I just felt as though. So apparently the way Jesus sat at the table was significant because in these days, some rich people followed a Roman custom, which means that they did not actually sit for a meal. They would lay down on their left side with their feet away from the low table. And a meal in the ancient world was arranged so that the invited guest was at the main table while others were along the outside wall of the room listening to the conversation. So... This sinner woman who comes probably hears that Jesus te- probably heard Jesus teaching and repented for her sins. Jesus forgives her, and she literally wants to show her gratitude to Jesus for being forgiven. Mm-hmm. And Jesus most likely removed his sandals at this point, so his feet were bare. And alabaster was expensive perfume oil, and it was a type of soft stone. It was actually very common to put expensive perfume in these type of bottles. Mm-hmm. So. 
The Pharisee was literally just focused on the fact that the woman was a sinner and he assumes that if Jesus was this prophet, that he would know the nature of the woman and her character and not allow her to touch him or waste the perfume since, you know, sinner. Mm-hmm. And as we know, Jesus does allow this. And knowing the thought of Simon, he asked the question, which I will ask you. And also notice how Simon was open to the information. Tell me, teacher. He didn't mm-hmm. say, okay. Like, he's like, tell me, teacher. Mm-hmm. So, which one of them loves him more, Cheyenne? In the story, in the example he gave, the person who has the most death. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Even though, do you feel like you're asking? So then, why would you ask so elaborate stories? Because there's no question mark as well. So then, why would you even focus on that? Twenty-three years. 23 years. And then in heaven is going to be an eternity. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So 43 to 50 is then. All right. Okay. Simon replied. I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly. Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. Pause. Because I really was reading this and I'm like, how wet did Jesus' feet get? Like, how long was she there crying? over his feet. Is she still crying as he's talking right now? Is she still crying at his feet? That's what I want to know. But I'll let you finish. Because after I was reading this, I was just like, I had to really get past it. I'm like, all right, this is like, this is that to them is their is a custom way to show like appreciation towards Jesus. Like a lot of women will wash his feet. Um, but I'm like, dang, she wet his feet. Like, can you imagine somebody crying on your feet? No. There was warm, salty no. tears. Wet. Your feet no. are now wet. I never they heard of someone droplets. crying so much that their tears are flowing for someone to wet someone's feet. Like wet. Like not dry. I'd feel uncomfortable. Wet. I'm not Jesus. I would feel uncomfortable. And I'm not saying that like, oh, if I was if I wasn't Jesus, I'd do this differently. I'm saying like Jesus has patience beyond my understanding and love. Completely so compared to blind. me with a sin nature, I would be like why are you touching my feet? I And I'm not even trying to be funny. Like, I, that's me being honest. I would be like, why are you touching my feet? Like, even you, if you try, oh, praise, and I even put myself, I'd be like, girl, why? Why are you touching would, my feet? I would want to think, like, what is, like, a, an equivalent today? Like, say Jesus came back today and resumed his teaching or whatever. Like, if we was, let's say we were living in ancient times. Right. Why does Jesus have to come here? It's ghetto. It was ghetto back then, but let's go to the ghetto back then. Okay. I don't want to be But I'm just saying, like, what would be a modern equivalent of this? Like of so much such a gesture as in today's society. Yes, it's like imagine if your kid had a long day at school. Right, you're sitting on the couch, feet of bear. Instead of him or her going on your lap, they're crying, and they're so upset about what happened that they end up crying on your feet. Now they feel bad that they're crying on your feet, so they wipe. And, now, <laughs> and you're just like and you're just looking at all like 
Are you okay? What do you want to talk about? You know, kids cry a lot. They do. They have a lot of... And they're laying... Let's say they're... Because kids don't really understand boundaries sometimes. <laughs> and then they're your feet away. That's the most I can think of on the spot. All right. You can continue. I just want okay. to talk about that. Do you see this woman? <laughs> I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet. But she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put any oil. I mean, you did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. Mm-hmm. Hello. Okay. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm sorry. I was, I was listening. Loves little. Then Jesus said to her, Your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, Who's. Oh, sorry, it's not red. I'm sorry, I'm to use that. Then the other guests began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Don't ever interrupt my play. <laughs> I got confused because it wasn't red. It wasn't red. Anyway. So Simon answers the question correctly, and Jesus uses this example to relate it back to the woman. And the word love that is used in this context context most likely relates to grateful and thankful. So back in these ancient times, it was literally custom in this country to wash feet when you enter a house for a meal. And people there wore sandals or they walked with bare feet. And all the roads were dusty and crusty, which means that, that most likely sense. when you enter the house, they took off their sandals and the host would wash the feet of the guests because let's be honest, your feet are, are dirty too. They got black on the bottom of it. They probably I only seen that once in my life. That would be like walking down Lachahatchee. That'd be like walking barefoot. down Lachahatchee barefooted. Ooh, dusty, crusty, dusty. rusty. Your soul's changing colors <laughs> if you're walking down Lachahatchee that way. Um, yeah, so... As we know, Jesus calls it out because he's like, Simon did not wash the feet, Jesus' feet, nor did he provide water for Jesus to wash his own feet. And so in this way, technically, Simon did not respect his own guest. Mm-hmm. And the woman washed the feet of Jesus with her tears, and she wiped her his feet with her hair as the towel. And she did not respect, no, my bad, she did respect Jesus when Simon had neglected his duties to his guest. How are you going to invite me over? You're not even going to wash my you're not even going to give me water to wash my toes. <laughs> they screaming older right now. You're not going to give me water to wash my toes. That would be like somebody coming over and you wouldn't give them a towel to wash. That's like someone coming over and you don't give them a fork to eat spaghetti. And then here comes this lady feeding you with her fork. <laughs> Pretty much. Crying while crying. While... <laughs> <laughs> like... like it's okay if she can cry, though. Sometimes the gratitude of Jesus, when you have so much gratitude towards him, it makes you want to cry. Like, every time I think of how grateful I am for God, I'd be tearing up. I'm like, dang. I'm tearing up. I'm about to cry each time. Mm-hmm. Every time I done cried in the shower, I almost cried today. I almost cried, yes. It's a lot. Because it's overwhelming. So I can understand, like, her gratitude is probably a lot. Especially, I don't know what specific life she lived, but... Mm-hmm. Must have been like a relief off her shoulders, knowing that the one she 
believes it, have faith and forgave her of her past, and now she can move forward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it was also custom to greet a guest with a kiss, usually on the cheek. I want to be specific so y'all don't run out here saying, Jesus out here capturing kisses. No, okay? It was a kiss on the cheek, which still happens in today's society it sure does. when you go and like when you do Spanish the dump in the yeah in the hispanic um community i've seen like it's people do the dub but they do the double cheek like they'll just one one like they do a, well sometimes but it's very custom for uh even family members or when you just greet somebody to give them a kiss on the cheek no matter if it's guy to guy Got a girl. I had to get used to that. You know, like, I forgot at what point in my life, but there's a time where I would hug people and they'd be like, all right, bye. And then I'd kiss them on the cheek. And I'm like, is this who we are? Is this what I've become? Because I wasn't used to that growing up. So I was just like, oh, okay. I didn't find anything weird by it. I was like, this is just a a custom over here. So I was like, yeah. Yeah. And people did this as a friendly greeting. And Simon did not greet Jesus in this way. And the woman kissed the feet of Jesus continuously since since the time she came in. She played no games. She kissed the feet. She kissed the holy feet. She did. And among the Jews, it was common to pour a little oil on the head of the guest. And the oil that had the oil that they had used, the oil that they had used had a sweet perfume. So Simon also did not do this for Jesus. He's just deducting points from this man's hospitality. And he didn't even use the ordinary oil. He ain't used nothing. If anything, the only thing that touched Jesus' head if the woman didn't come would have been air. <laughs> Simon wasn't doing it. And the woman poured expansive perfume on Jesus. She said, you shush. <laughs> she poured expansive over his feet. Come on. And then Jesus explains that literally despite the fact that the woman was in a sinful life, God forgave her for many sins, which is why she was... There was so much joy, gratefulness, and she was thankful to God. She loved him because Jesus saved her and she believed in him. Again, only God can forgive sins. Not Carl the Pharisees, not man, not just any regular person off the street. If I'm walking to Panera Bread and the cashier goes, praise your sins are forgiven, I will rebuke them. (laughs) Because no one but God can do that. So... And there were most likely people in the other room who overheard this conversation. As I mentioned earlier, there were people in the other room and like settings mm-hmm. like this and got them thinking about Jesus' authority. So because at the end of the day, Jesus is again declaring that he is God. And the people whom God has forgiven should love him much because in God's opinion, no matter if the sin is big or small, all sin are a great, they're a great size. No, it's, mm-hmm. it's like the size of one sin against another sin does not matter because the price that Jesus paid dying on the cross for our sins to forgive us was his death. And we know he overcame death. Ha ha, enemy. Ha ha. And we all need God to forgive our sins daily, hourly, consistent basis. No one is perfect. So we should all be very grateful to God for the death of Christ. Because without that, we would have been doomed. We would just been doomed. Wages of sin is death. No one's forgiven that. Guess where we all going? Mm-hmm. Not with God. So it's just, we all just need to be, take, and not, I don't want to say take advantage. We all just need to humble ourselves and like, okay, I have the sin nature. God continuously forgives me. What, so knowing that God is forgiving you, what better way to show thanks than living and following in his teachings? Mm-hmm. 
I think that's the literally the best way. Living, following his teachings, devoting your heart mm-hmm. to him and living for him. That's the best way compared to someone who would just continuously indulge in sin and wickedness. And even so, it's just like, it's going to continue to pile up at the end of the day. Because without God forgiving us for our sins, even if it's just for a day, it piles up. It piles up. I don't want to pop. I don't want to go to heaven and hear, oh yeah, praise you. You never asked to forgive. Um, you never asked me to forgive you for your sins. I don't know who you are. Let's go over your transcript. <laughs> I pass out. It's like you're going up with debt. It's like you're going up with debt, and then God is the debt collector. He's like the debt. Collector. He's like the debt collector, and he's like, oh, okay, yeah, you owe three hundred thousand. You owe this much. You can't come in here. You gotta go down there. <laughs> How do I know what you read? I sent you reminders. You got text messages, emails, calls. You ignored all of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, Carl. <laughs> Gotta go down there, buddy. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Depart from me. Which is why every day I Even after I finish reading my Bible chapters a month. Even if I don't can't place a name on any. Even if I can't place sin. a name. Even if I don't know what I did, please forgive me for Yeah, because I know I did. I know I did something. I'd rather be safe. Please forgive me. Because <laughs> I know I'm not perfect. Please forgive me. I don't know what I did. Please forgive me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we do stuff unintentionally. You can't blame me this time. You touched my foot. Ew! Because I thought my... It's right there. I can't see nothing, Cheyenne. You can't. Pebble stones. I was trying to get my sandal. Your foot brushed mine. Cheyenne. I was trying to get my slipper, which was next to your foot. And I overestimated my boundaries. I reclined in my seat. You fart? No. Anyway. So that's the end of the chapter. If you want to go over your PowerPoint, I don't mind if I do. Oh man, it was bold. I guess it didn't save. <laughs> <laughs> Got a week to fix it. Yeah, start it, man. Okay, so faith is so important. We all know this, but this is a common theme that has been reiterated throughout the book of Luke. Um, Jesus talks highly about John the Baptist, saying that he was the messenger who prepared the way before him. Obviously, John is in jail at this time. Uh, not obvious. Because I'm about to say, don't say obviously. <laughs> you, you I didn't even not. realize. But but basically, that was him. He he had his disciples go ask, like, hey, is Jesus the one that's coming? You know, is he the one or should we expect somebody else? Um, so, and then after that, um, we learn that those who have much to be forgiven are more grateful than those who have little to be forgiven. They have a stronger appreciation for Jesus. In order to have this appreciation, you have to first acknowledge your sins and realize that you are not perfect. Take notes. Take notes. Carl. Carl. And then I just wanted to add, this was obviously for the, this was for the girls if they had anything else that they wanted to add. You had anything that you wanted to add to that? Jesus saves. We have to get through the Son in order to get to the Father. Mm-hmm. Build a relationship with Jesus. You're never too far gone. You know, God forgives. God already knows the sin that you're doing. Don't be. Don't feel so guilty because at the end of the day, yes, even though you should not have done that, it's not a surprise to God. When we sin, it's literally not a surprise to God. This is literally the same God who is all-knowing. God is all-knowing, so he knows when we sin. And when we repent, he forgives. So... Just don't let it hold over against you. You know, don't just be so and guilty. And when you repent, 
you have to try to not do it again. But even, it's not like we're here to overcome sin. Jesus did that for us. It's about how we pick ourselves back up. Are we going to continue to fall into it? Or are we going to try to, yeah, like try to avoid it. Like, what are you going to do? Like, if I get mad, am I going to feed the anger? Or am I going to read a verse? Am I going to listen to gospel music? Am I going to talk to God to calm down? Or am I just going to be like, and just, that's the thing. Are you really sorry if you keep doing it? Are you? No, but then there are some people who hurt themselves with sin. Like some sins have like a bigger effect than others, even though it's like all sin has a great size to be for sure. But it's like some sin, like if some I people, sin, if I tell you to shut up, that does not have the same weight on me as if I shoot somebody. <laughs> no, but it's not shut up. It's not no. It's I'm just talking along the lines of some people develop very bad habits. So what I'm trying to say is. Um, even though they develop bad habits, it will be hard to like, the urges will eventually go away though. If you continue to seek God the right way, like, you know, you're in his word, you're constantly using him. Yeah. Like even with addiction, cause some not like different forms of addiction, not just alcohol. I'm just saying like, there can be addiction in different forms of sin. So it's like, you have to continuously seek God the correct way. Don't just do 50% or 25% then wonder why things aren't going, moving and progressing and it will be hard at first and that's why you have to keep going at it because eventually you will be given the mindset to overcome these things as i have mm-hmm. but always keep your eyes on what's important yeah because when i was first a year ago i literally was depressed a year ago like it, it marks a year so it was like in the beginning when i was seeking god it was still hard like i would still think about things and it was still bothering me but then after a while it subsided it faded so now I'm like, I'm at peace. Like, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's blessed. But I kept going at it. I didn't just be like, oh, God, I'm not working. I'm going to do And you know, I had a thought about that today, too. It's like, you ha- I heard somebody say, I was listening to gospel music this morning, and I heard them, I heard say, you have to want to be happy. Like, a lot of people think they want to be happy, but they don't really want to be happy. Because sometimes, like we always talk about, it's easy to indulge in your sadness and just come up with excuses. Mm-hmm. So you have to want to be happy. You have to want to be better for yourself. You have to truly want it. And when you ask for forgiveness, you have to want to be better, do better the next time. Even if you fall again, it's not as bad as if you just give up and say, oh, well. You know what I read in the Bible chapter today? What? So... From Dan to Beersheba, they were all going against the Benjamites because the Benjamites allowed something to happen that they should not have allowed to happen and did not deal with the situation. And one of the things I realized was that when they was going to fight, they all came together and seeked God. And they was like, Lord, should we go fight the Benjamites? And he was like, yeah, like, sure, go ahead. And then they go <laughs> and the Benjamites, slow, they beat them. I'm talking shit, shit. They beat them. Now you got the Israelites. They weeping. <laughs> Lord, should we fight the Benjamites? Yeah, sure. And then they go again. And the Benjamites said, shut And then they go again. They started fasting, praying, all this stuff. Mind you, this wasn't going to... Like, even though that they lost twice and they had God's permission to go. Like, some people have God's permission. They do a certain thing. And then because it didn't go their way, they don't think God is there. But God is always there. Like He was there. He kept telling the Israelites, yeah, go. And then the third time, he's like, I'm going to give them into your hand. And I feel like he, I kind of feel like he allowed them to get beaten up 
to make the Benjamites think, oh, we're just going to come out the third time and do the same thing. Wrong. They got their butts handed to them. They ain't about to change. But I feel like sometimes when we ask God, oh, is this the way to go? What? You're funny! Uh, are we thinking about the same thing? Are we thinking about the same thing? Ah! Y'all are having a live breakthrough! Y'all are having a live breakthrough! What, what are you thinking about? Love? yesterday that sometimes you need to say things out loud to get over things or to understand things like even if you're sad if you say oh I'll get over it and it's in your head I feel like saying it out loud helps you get over it. it's like I never because <laughs> I asked God I said is law school for me and then literally after I got accepted into the program the scholarship to study for it and then I still got declined for law school. And then I took that as, oh, maybe it's not for me. But that doesn't mean that God still, that that's not my path. Like the Israelites. Because at the end of the day, they lost twice, but they still overcame. Because God was still good with them. He kept telling them to go, but they still like didn't get the outcome the first time. But instead of me keep going, I stopped. Because I thought it wasn't for me. And it was just an obstacle. Maybe he didn't want my grade to move because he's going to show me that. Like sometimes, like even with the Israelites, when they were fighting, they would, he would not use all of them for strength reasons because he didn't want them to think they went in there for strength. And he would use a less, like there would be a less amount of Israelites compared to the people they were going against when they was overcoming Canaan with Joshua. So maybe my score, he can still allow me to go in. <laughs> I, I have no words. I really don't have no words. Are we like having some? That was, we literally have the same identical thought at the same identical time. I'm, I think I'm going to keep this in because I'm literally having a breakthrough right now. <laughs> Not me being a hypocrite. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm thinking that. like. Oh, forgive me. I'm sorry for being a hypocrite. Cause I'm like, huh? Like I, we have the same thought, and then I was like, no, there's no way we're thinking about the same thing. <laughs> no, because it's like it's like I was just talking and talking, and then suddenly it said like law school, and I was just like, 
That's how my face changes. I was when just your like, changed, I was like, did she hear something? Because I had the thought, and I was like, did she hear something? And then I was like, did I hear something? She's thinking, she's thinking something, and I was like, she's thinking of something. And then I was like, there's no way she's thinking of the same thing. So I'm trying to figure out what you're thinking about, and then I realized it is the same thing. So I was like, are we thinking the same thing? I'm gonna go back to law school. I'm gonna go to law school. I'm going to see my options. I'm gonna, I'm going to see my options. I think that was just an obstacle. Yeah. But I'm happy I came to this conclusion by myself and not through my dad arguing. Yeah. Yeah. He just took a chapter for me to read. God's timing is is impactful. Interesting. And when I meet him, when I get there, I hope because I don't know what I'm gonna be able to remember. I just hope I remember the joke. Me asking him to tell me a joke and uh, your time. I want to give him a, I'm going to give him a whole thing. Cause one time I was praying for someone and the prayer went through and I was, and I gave God a whole show. Okay. I was like, God, I know you can see me right now. Look at this. This is you. You don't miss. And I was doing that. I just kept emphasizing. He don't miss. Wow. That's like, this is like my realization. Remember when I told you how I went to the dentist, right? And I had already decided I wasn't going to do drafting. Right. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to do graphic design. And then out of nowhere, the dentist uh, told me I should do architecture. Uh, and then like, she grabbed it out of her and she said, boop, boop. That was kind of like the similar realization that I had is like a coincidence. And it's like, oh, shit. But it's literally like the Israelites went twice and they lost, even though God told them to go. When I, every time I went, I lost, even though God gave me the go. So it's like, when I finally get into it, it will be, I would know it's through him. Like, sometimes he allows stuff to happen, certain things to happen, so that when that one success comes, you know it's exactly from him and not from you. Like, I know if I get in right now, it's not because, oh, I'm the smartest person, I have the highest score, I have a very low score. But it will not be because of me. On that note, we're going to end the bye Hmm? Yeah. Let's bow our heads. Um, Father God, hey, I thank you for allowing us to get through this Bible study. I thank you for allowing me to have a breakthrough. You work in mysterious ways and you get your point across though. That's amazing. You're amazing. I pray that you watch over my cousin and I this upcoming week and everyone listening. I just pray that you... I'm just at a loss for words. I just pray that you not only watch over us, but that we each take something from this Bible study that we can carry on with us to help us continue on day to day with our lives and seeking you. In Jesus' name, no other name, I pray. Amen. This concludes this week's episode of Bibles and Bonnets. If you enjoyed it, feel free to subscribe to us on our Spotify and Apple podcast. And stay tuned for next week's episode. Later, guys.